has a plan. Come on, say it with me. God has a plan. Now say this. God has a plan for me. How many believe that? Come on, thank him for your plan. Thank him for your plan. Jesus. Jesus. Jeremiah, the 29th chapter. Familiar passage. And while y'all getting your, your Bibles and your passages, we have the Kingdom Health Clinic tenant in the back. Get your heart checked. Come on, get your heart checked. We have some wonderful anointed people that are manning that tent. Come on, under the direction of Dr. Vanessa Bowling. Come on. We have our event team, our event committee over there ready to feed you afterwards. And we have activities and games and stuff for the youth afterwards as well. So don't just pick up and run out. Fellowship with us for a little while. Amen. All right. You have your Bible? Say, I got it. If you still need time, say, hold up. Wait a minute. Well, amen. They all got it. All right. I'm going to be reading from Jeremiah 1. Listen very carefully. It's a great, great story. And it definitely applies to us today. Jeremiah, starting at the first verse, Jeremiah wrote a letter from Jerusalem to the elders, the priests, the prophets, and all the people who had been exiled to Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. This was after King Jehoiakim, the queen mother, the court officials, and other officials of Judah, and all the craftsmen and artisans had been deported from Jerusalem. He sent a letter to Eliash, the son of Shephan, and Girama, the son of Hilkiah, when they went to Babylon as King Zedekiah's ambassadors to Nebuchadnezzar. This was what the letter said. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. I want you to build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, don't dwindle away. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you to exile. Pray for it to the Lord for its welfare and it will determine your welfare. Verse 8, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says to the, to the people of Israel. Don't let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they're telling you lies in my name. Because I have not sent them, says the Lord. Verse 10, this is what the Lord says you will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do for you all the good things I promised. I will bring you home again. For I know, this is our key verse, for I know the plans that I have for you. Says the Lord, they are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. Verse 12, and in those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you, 
says the Lord, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. May the Lord bless the hearers of his word. Life doesn't always turn out like we plan it. How many can testify to that? There's a story. I don't know if many of you have heard of this story. Some of you children in the congregation today, have you heard of the story of Alexander the horrible, the terrible, not good, very bad day? Anybody heard of that story? Oh, yes, you've heard of that story. All right. It's about an eight-year-old boy who had one of those very bad days when everything went wrong, disaster after disaster after disaster, and nothing went right because it was a horrible terrible, not so good, very bad day. He woke up one morning to discover he had gone to bed with gum in his mouth and then the next morning it was in his hair. He got out of bed and tripped over his skateboard, dropped his sweater in the sink where water was running. He said, I knew this was going to be a bad day. He went to school and that turned out to be horrible too. And after school, a terrible experience at the dentist office happened. His mom made cauliflower for dinner and he said, I hate cauliflower. On TV, he saw hugging and kissing and he said, I hate hugging and kissing. His bath water was too hot. The soap got in his eyes. He almost lost his marble down the drain. He went to bread and his brother took back the pillow he said he could have. And his Star Trek night burned out. And his he bit his tongue and the cat decided to sleep with him instead of his brother. It was all horrible to him. Terrible, not good, a very bad day. So when it came to the end of the day, it's no wonder that he says, man, I'm just going to run away. I can't take this. Life is too hard. And he's eight. So I think all of us at some point have felt like Things are coming at us one after another, after another. Has anybody ever experienced that? Come on, I'm, I'm not the only one, amen? And we felt like this little boy in this story, and all of us have had days filled with anxiety, stress, and frayed nerves. We've heard it said time, time, and again, God loves us and has a wonderful plan for us. And that's wonderful, right? And it seems easy to believe when we like the plan. When it goes the way we've envisioned it in our mind. But sometimes God's plan turns out to be different than what we're thinking. You may be happily married with two children, have no intentions of having any more, then your wife comes home, look babe, guess what? I just came back from the doctor and we're having twins, praise the Lord. Sometimes God's plan, yeah, somebody coughing over there. Sometimes God's plan is different than what we're thinking. Or maybe you're, you're, you have a job that you really, really like and you're really, really good at it. But one day your boss says, hmm, let me see. Uh, Chris, we're going to have to let you go. And you go home and saying, Lord, what is happening? I thought I was where you wanted me to be. I thought I was doing what you wanted me to do. What's going on? But sometimes God's plan is different than what we're thinking. Or maybe someone you love is fighting a disease or some serious sickness and you're counting on God to come through for your family like he always does. You were counting on a miracle. But one morning the doctor calls back with a test result you don't want to hear. Sometimes 
God's plan is different than what we are thinking. The same is true for these people of Judah in Jeremiah 29. I'm going somewhere. The year is 597 BC and God is judging the nation of Judah because of their unfaithfulness. The Babylonians have attacked Jerusalem and they've taken 3,000 prisoners back to Babylon, including the king, the court officials, and the, crafts, the craftsmen. And the Jews are saying, this isn't supposed to happen to us. We're the chosen people. We're the apple of God's eye. What in the world is going on? The Jewish people have a beautiful history of God coming through for them time and time again. Y'all know the story? Even in Exodus 3 and 7, the Lord told Moses, I have seen the misery of my people. I am concerned about their suffering at the hands of the Egyptians. So I'm going to bring them out of the land of Egypt. And that's exactly what happens. In Exodus 14, God brings them through the Red Sea. Y'all know the story. And then 40 years later in Joshua 24, the Israelites inherit the promised land. And God's plan has been accomplished once again in the lives of his people. Y'all with me? Then in 2 Kings, the 19th chapter, Brown 1 to 37, there's an Assyrian army invasion in the land of Judah. The people were scared. The commander of the Assyrian army said, no one can deliver you out of the hand of the king of Assyria. Surrender to us now and we'll let you live. But around 2 Kings 19 and 14, there's a man by the name of Hezekiah who prayed unto the Lord. And he prayed that very night in verse 35, an angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 people in the Assyrian camp. Almighty God had come through once again. God's word was accomplished in the lives of his people. And so when the Babylonian invaded the land of Judah in 597 BC, the captives were thinking, this isn't going to last long. God is on our side. He's going to come through like he always does. What do we say? If he, uh, we used to say, if he did it before. Oh, y'all know that? Okay, okay. Do you believe it? All right. Then one of their prophets stood up. In Jeremiah 28 and said that in two years, God will break the yoke of the Babylon people and we will be free, y'all. We will be coming back home, praise the Lord. But Jeremiah then comes along in 29 and, and, and writes a letter to the captives in Babylon and says, basically, you're not coming home for a while. So build your houses, settle down. Plant some gardens, eat what they produce, marry and have sons. Not marry the other nation, but marry within yourself. You know what I'm saying? Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, you're not ready to come home and go home because God has a plan for you in Babylon. Then in verse 7, Jeremiah says, seek peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you to exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will too. Now, if he's, the people back in Judah was anything like we are today, they could have been thinking, what? You want us to pray for the community that has carried us into captivity? Jeremiah, you must have lost your mind. 
These people are enemies of God. They have ransacked the city of Jerusalem. They have taken the, the holy things out of the temple and used it for themselves. How can you ask us to pray for these people? Then down in verse 10, God says something else that would probably rile us up. He says that in seven, when 70 years are completed in Babylon, I'm going to come and fulfill my gracious promise and bring you back to this place. When we read this verse, we think, wow, that's beautiful. In 70 years, God's going to be, be bringing us right back to the promised land. That's awesome. How many of you would say that? Yeah, I didn't think so. And the Jews didn't feel that way either. Yep, I know I, know I wouldn't. I would be thinking, i got to stay here in this horrible place for the next 70 years? Most of us are going to die by then. What kind of plan is this, Lord? Y'all know y'all cried out to the Lord. Lord, what are you doing? How long do I have to stay in this state? How long do I have to endure with this situation? Lord, how long? Sometimes, though, sometimes you have a day like the little boy in the story I told you about before. Man, this is going to be a horrible, terrible, not so good, very bad day. No wait days, no wait years. How long is my while? Sometimes God's plan is different than what we think. There would have been some people also that are very religious during that time as well that would thumb their noses up at the captives and say, mm -hmm. Moses told you that if you rebelled and you returned to idols and forgot the Lord, your consequence would be, well, this. Not even thinking that God may be in the midst of it to help you get to another place. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, you're getting what you deserve. Still, among the thousands of captives of Judah, there was a remnant of men and women who had not forsaken the Lord. You know them. There were four Hebrew boys. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They had not despised themselves at all, but walked faithfully before God and men. They didn't deserve that punishment, yet they were still in captivity as well. People of God, God's plan isn't always what we think it's going to be, but it's always the best plan for the lives of his people. Even after 28 years in ministry myself, <laughs> I'm still learning that his plan is not always easy, but it is the best for me. It's always the best for me. And that brings us to our key verse on today. Jeremiah 29 and 11 and the focus is I know he says the plans that I have for you for you for you for you for you everyone here under the sound of my voice God says I know the plans that I have for you King James Spurgeon says I know the thoughts that I think towards you plans to give you a hope in a future <laughs> plans for peace and not evil to give you an expected end. The English Standard Version says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. And not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. But my favorite version is in the Message Bible. He says, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. 
plans to take care of you and not to abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope that you hope for. We even heard in the prophet's prayer last week how um, um, there were uh, there's a hope that we hope for. But we have to be praying for it. We have to be diligent for it. Amen. The speaker spoke on last week about being a servant. That he's not going to forget all the work that you've done for him. Today, you may be in a place where you do not know where God's leading. And I want to assure you from God's word that he has a plan. Come on, that's a good place to bless him. That's a good place to bless him. Plans of hope, plans of a future, plans of peace, plans of welfare, and not of evil. And this hope is right that what I'm talking about right now is here today. It's happening today. Just like the people of Judah who were in captivity for 70 years who needed hope in God's word, our hope is in God's word right here today. The word made flesh. Come on. Who was in the beginning with him. And already existed with him. God created everything through him. And nothing was recreated except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created. You and me. And in his life it brought light to everyone. Can y'all testify of that? And that light shines in darkness. And that darkness can never be extinguished. Hebrews 19, 6 and 19 says that hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. And that anchor is Jesus. And God keeps his promises because he cannot lie. God cares so much about us. He made sure we knew about hope 129 times in the Bible. He loves us so much he mentions it over and over and over again. Hope in the Bible is defined as confident expectation of what God has promised. It's strength in its faithfulness as well. Confident expectation. A lot of times you'll hear people say, I hope so. Right? Can I see you tomorrow? I hope so. You think you're going to get that job? I, I, I hope so. In the Bible, there's no indication that there's any doubt in hope. Amen? Because hope is always in the future and never seen. Hope comes from God with, through his love. Amen? Hope believes anyway in spite of. When, we're, when it's deferred, it'll make your heart sick. Hope resists resentment. Hope has friends. Remember? Love and faith. Hope expects God to answer. Hope doesn't stop believing, y'all. Hope is louder than the crowd, louder than the voices that are even in your head and the story that you're telling yourself. Hope hears God. Hallelujah. Today I want to remind you that you can still trust in his plan. His word declares that his plan is good, that his plan is secure, that his plan is filled with hope. Hallelujah. Even when it seems hard. Amen. Contrary to what some people may believe. He's not standing. He's not sitting up there with some puppet strings. <laughs> just making us dangle. Like some puppet. He's not doing that. Nor has he set a clock to, to, to wind. 
and waiting for it to wind down before he comes to see about us. God is intentional because he has thoughts about you. He thinks about you and he knows every plan for you from the time you were born. There's a word, a passage in the Bible that says, um, I was with you when you were born. Wait, even before you were born. And I'll be with you until your hair is gray. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's hope that we have in his word. Hallelujah. Four things that I want to leave you about God's plan for you. Write them down. One, his plan for you is providential. Meaning he's thought a lot about it. All right. And he knows what's going to happen beforehand. He's an opportune God. He takes every opportunity in your life to teach you a lesson. Amen. Over in Romans 11 and 33, the word says, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and the paths beyond tracing out. So what is providence? The word comes from two words, pro and video. So providence means to see before. This means that God sees before and plans accordingly. He knows everything. Nothing happens in your life or mine that catches God by surprise. Nothing. He knows exactly the opportune to, time to act on your behalf. Amen. You believe that? Amen. 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 Two, God's plan is a loving plan. How many believe that? Another hard lesson for us to learn is when we got to learn the lesson through discipline. <laughs> Lord, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's happening now. Nobody likes discipline, right? <laughs> but his discipline may not feel like love at all times, but it is. Amen. How many of us have children or have taken care of some children and you need to discipline them? They are not happy about the discipline that they have to get. And he punishes everyone um, 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 that, that does not follow his laws and his precepts. Amen. Especially when you know them. If you don't know them, then come. You find out. So you're not walking disorderly. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by the school of discipline. I have. The third thing to notice about discipline is that he doesn't discipline us for the fun of it. All right. Sometimes we have questions of why this is happening, why this is happening. God doesn't do that for the fun of it. His plan is a loving plan. It's a provincial, a provincial plan, a loving plan. And it gives us an action, a plan of action. When we listen to his word, your life is not determined by chance or fate or lot. It is not guided by an impersonal force. No, there is a purpose for you right here where you are in this life. It's not by accident. Take So now let's take another look at verse 29 and 11 that we read earlier. When we look at the people of Judea through the lens of captives, we see one thing. They're complaining. They're not happy. They're miserable. Now let's take a second look as we read the verses from the message. Listen with new ears what God is saying to his people. I know what I'm doing with y'all. And I planned it all out. I want you to build the houses and make yourself at home. 
I want you to put in gardens and eat what grows in the country. Marry and have children. Encourage your children to marry and have grandchildren so that you will thrive in that country and not waste your time wondering what I'm doing. All right? Make yourselves at home there and work for the country's welfare. Because when the country prospers, who else will prosper? Amen. You are where you are, not by chance, but by divine appointment, no matter where it is. God's plan is that you would not fret or worry, but to trust him and be a light where he has planted you to be, whether that's in home, on your job, in a ministry, wherever he plants you. Wherever he plants you, we don't, we don't suffer as people who don't have hope. Actually, suffer means you're able to stand up under whatever's happening to you, whatever's going, you're going through. Why? Because you trust in God. Do I have anybody that trusts in God? Y'all looking like what? Now, I'm not saying he's going to hold you in your position for 70 years. Come on, lighten up. But not everyone here in this parking lot, in under the sound of my voice, life, they feel like their life is perfect. Like they have no problems or no issues. And I'm just here to tell you that there is hope because God has a plan. He has a plan. So P, it's a providential plan. L, it's a loving plan. A, it's an action plan. And then N, it's a right now plan for you. Right now plan for you. So what do you do in the meantime? Do you moan and complain and, 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 and wallow and fall, move away from God? See, that's the one that a lot of people sometimes do when they're feeling the pressures and when they know what to do and they fail to do what they've been instructed to do, they say, oh Lord, I'm feeling distant. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I just think I'm just gonna sit this one out. Don't back away from God. If he's not gonna abandon you, why would you abandon him? So look at his track record throughout all of history, how he brought the children out of the Red Sea. How he gave them food that they didn't have to work for. Their clothes didn't even wear out. Even today, think back over your mind. Close your eyes. Don't even look at me. I want you to focus upward on what God has done for you already. Some of us should be dead by now. Some of us should be locked up in jail right now. Some of us could be strung out on alcohol or drugs right now. Some of us could be out of our mind right now in an insane asylum right now. But he has chosen this day, a day that he has made, that you shall rejoice and be glad. Because of the hope, the hope of glory that he has provided for you. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? Come on, come on, come on. Give him a praise right there. Oh, that's maybe good enough for me. But give God the Almighty a praise. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And then even in that moment, when the people were at their lowest, one of their own prophets stood up. And told them that you're not going to be here. We're going to be out of here in two years. 
that prophet was not sent by him. And Jeremiah sent a letter to him and said, look, God did not send you. The proof in a prophet is when the word comes to pass. God said, I didn't send that one. When you're in a trusted covering, one who is following the ways of the Lord, one who teaches you how to pray, how to read the word and glean from the word, you can know you're in a safe place. And you'll be able to recognize when that voice that's not from God rises up among you, you'll be able to shut it down. Why? Because you know that God has a plan for you. You know what his word says, and you can't know what the plan is if you don't read it, right? That's why we have Bible school. When we ask God for it, that's why we pray. God will speak to you in prayer. This is a house built upon prayer. We believe in God's word and his prophetic word that comes through his prophetic people. Amen? So those of you that believe God has a plan, stand on your feet. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, open your mouth. Come on, come on, come on. Close your eyes. Repeat after me. God. Sometimes it's hard. But I know. Because of what your word says. You have. A plan. For me. A plan that is planned out. A plan that is loving. A plan that has an action to it and a plan that's working in me now. Father, I thank you. I praise you and I magnify you for having thoughts about me in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on and bless him. Come on. Y'all help me, I may not know all the words. The Lord will perfect that concerning you sooner, sooner or later. It'll turn in my favor. Hallelujah. I know it's turning. Beautiful. Hallelujah. Cause it won't always, always. The Lord will perfect that, will perfect that concern. Say me, me, sooner or later, sooner or later. 
thank you, Lord. At this time, let me see the hands of those that desire prayer. Amen, amen. We have the intercessors that are on duty. And you can proceed to go to the intercessor tent, the tent with the blue top. And they will pray for you. Hallelujah. Turn it around for me. Are there any that desire a word from the Lord concerning your plan and your life? The brown tent all the way in the back. The prophets will be there to help you. He's turning it around and around. Thank you, Jesus. And if there are any that need their heart checked, visit the Kingdom Health Tent. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless your name. We're turning it around, turning around, turning around. We're turning it around, turning it around, turning it around. We're turning it around. Hallelujah. We're turning it around, turning it around, turning it around. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for the word that has come forth over your people. We thank you, Father God, for everyone that is under our hearing. We thank you, Lord God, for the plan that you have in store for your people. We thank you, Father God, that it is a provincial plan, a loving plan, an action plan, and a plan that is happening for us right now, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor that is due your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you for joining us on live stream. God has a plan for you. His word says so. In Jesus' name, amen.